Hi, and we're rolling. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brawler Race Podcast. Uh, today we have a very special guest, and I'll let that guest introduce himself. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Miguel Quinn. I am a senior in computer science at Arizona State University. I am the national board member for SHIP, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, and yeah, I'm excited to talk to Braulio today. Thanks, Miguel. Thanks for lying and saying you're excited to talk. I appreciate <laughs> it. No, but uh, yeah, definitely wanted to have Miguel in here. He's a uh, guess. When I guess what we met at some RLDC a, a couple years ago, I guess, right? Yes. Was it San Diego, LA? I I lost track. Woodland uh, Hill. It was one I think Northridge hosted. Mm. I think I don't know. It's all a blur, especially with being in like quarantine, social distancing. Like time doesn't really exist right now, anyways. I know. What day is it today? <laughs> Who's to say? Time's just a construct that we made up. Uh, but yeah, so we've known each other for a while, and uh, I guess yeah, at that point you were you you weren't part of like anything with like the the national board or anything like that, right? No, or, I was just in my chapter locally. Yeah. No, yeah, and then we met, and then you just uh, skyrocketed, and then you skyrocketed straight to the top. But before we get into that, uh, why don't you, you know, you mentioned you go to Arizona State. Uh, why, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Where where, where where, are you from, and where's your family from? Yeah, so my family is from Tijuana, Mexico, um, although I was only up there until I was four, so I grew up most of my life in Arizona, and did my entire schooling, I grew up in neighborhoods that weren't very you know minority heavy so I didn't really interact with a lot of Hispanics outside of my household you know I'm I'm the oldest of five sorry youngest of five so <laughs> a little different there right? little, <laughs> little difference and uh, you know I didn't really have the necessity to have you know all these all these friends you know I had four at home great <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah I grew up I was interested in engineering maybe around early mid-teens i would say and some of my siblings were already at asu and it seemed like a good opportunity it was like you know nearby school a great engineering program so been at asu since 2016 and been involved in ship since um and you know here we are that's cool so what kind of, you know, aside from it being close, you know, was there anything specific you were really interested in ASU or, or what was the, the reasoning behind that? Oh, actually, no. I just saw a great school nearby. It was affordable. And, you know, since I already had family there, I was going to, I already had, I guess, acquaintances that I could, you know, ask for advice and, and kind of live with as well. Yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think... Uh, definitely think that the more I talk to people, especially, uh, I, 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 I'd say anyone that I've had on the podcast, it's a lot of times it's not necessarily like, hey, you're going to school because like, you know, your parents like, you know, years and years decided you're going to do this. It's like, oh, like my mom says I got to go to college and like, what's the best way for me to do that? And I'm not going to go into crippling debt, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not correct. And and there's this like whole big debate. I- I think if you go to a, a fairly large, you know, university with a lot of resources, you're going to be fine. You know, I, I was never that hungry Ivy League school kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. No, I think especially like you said, ASC is huge, really, like really, really big. It's not just kind of big. It's really big. 
so definitely a lot of resources and that kind of stuff. Uh, so, you know, you, we mentioned at the top that you're, you know, you're uh, part of Shep Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. And if you're listening to podcasts, I've, Miguel is not the first person involved with the organization. Uh, probably one of the more higher up people as a student right now, for sure. But uh, kind of why, why don't you tell us a little about how you got involved with Shep and, and all that? Yeah, it was it was actually funny. Uh, it was my first engineering class as a freshman, and I just joined. It was Epic's engineering projects and community service. You know, trying to get some engineering, you know, experience while in my first year. And uh, one of my first days of classes, I wore, I think it was a, a Mexican soccer jersey, and one of the guys in there, he was in ship. And he saw my jersey. He's like, okay, this kid's Mexican. Uh, he's in engineering. <laughs> so I'm going to recruit him. So he just came up to me. And he was he was a junior at the time. And me as a freshman, I had like two friends. So, you know, this was an awesome opportunity. I'm like, why is this older kid talk to me, talking to me? Right. So he was talking about it. And he's like, hey, hey, you should come play soccer with us. Right. We're all we're all Hispanic. Uh, you'll have a good time. So he just recruited me for soccer, <laughs> for the ship soccer team. <laughs> And uh, later, you know, I got a little bit more involved. I went to my first meeting was an outreach meeting. And then I saw this club, you know, helping out the community, trying to go back to high schools. And I had never seen that before. Nobody came to talk to me in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I just went to other meetings and I saw how you know big this club was. And I was like, whoa, this is this is really cool. And that same guy that recruited me told me, hey, you, you could run for like an officer position. Like, you could be a secretary. And to me, that was that was big, right? You know, I look back to it now; it's kind of funny. But that was like the first time anybody's ever told me, like, you could, you could do something, and I'm doing it too. Like growing up, everybody tells you, like, you know, you could do whatever, but then they're not doing, they're not pursuing their dreams. So it does; it's not as, I guess, meaningful as when somebody's actually walking the walk. You know, I'm seeing this Hispanic older older student who is you know, has experience in industry and, and he's pursuing these leadership roles. So it meant a lot to me. And, you know, one thing leads to another, I'm just, you know, taking these roles and, and now I'm, yeah, on the end bod for ship. And it's, it's honestly been the best decision I've made to join ship. And I, and I think, uh, your story of, oh, Hey, I was recruited to play soccer like that's pretty common like a lot of times we'll, we'll like you know there's always like one thing that kind of draws somebody in it's like that uh the free food the uh you know just meeting other people like hey you already know somebody here and they're like your ride home or something you know it's like you hear about the most randomest things sometimes of why people showed up to their first meeting or did the first event or whatever uh and like i think some people kind of maybe undervalue that initial touch point of like oh well like just because I tell this kid to join the soccer team doesn't mean he's going to do anything with it afterwards. You know, like he might just play for like a season and then just never come to meetings or anything like that. But uh, a lot of times all it takes is like that one little touch point And then they're like, oh, yeah, I do like like the rest of this. Like you like you like what happened with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially because, you know, I was this really awkward kid. Like I, I, I was there was no reason for you to, I guess, even suggest that I could, you know, do certain things so just to me hearing that was was pretty crazy um yeah i, I always tell people it, it's pretty crazy how inspirational you can be when you don't even know when you know that right yeah no it's 
Like you don't know what's what thing you're going to say that makes it that seems perfectly normal or whatever to you that that's actually going to make a difference for somebody else. And and that's really cool, though, that you kind of had somebody say that, you know, I think it's it's always a thing where it could have been very easy for any anyone really that's older being like, oh, well, like, I don't want to encourage like this younger person to like run for something because mm-hmm. I also want to run for something or my friend wants to do it or, you know, whatever kind of like political reasons that they have even in like the chapter level right but that's cool that you know someone encouraged you and um i think you definitely see the value of that so you know i'm sure along the way you've helped other people and encouraged other people like i know you have no absolutely and and funny enough that guy the one guy who recruited me is still my mentor talk to him very frequently and yeah it was an unexpected strong relationship for sure yeah that's it's crazy yeah i know it's it's like you never know when you're going to meet those people, really. Like, it's sometimes, yeah, like, I think the obvious choice for, like, a mentor is going to be, oh, this, like, senior professional that's this thing. Like, yeah, like, for sure that person can add value and that can be a mentor. But um, I, I think especially, like, younger younger on, it's like the people, you know, same thing. The people who made a huge impact for me have been people, like, slightly ahead of me, you know? they kind of can relate to you a little bit better. They can give you a little bit more perspective on, oh, well, yeah, like, I know what you mean when you say that, but this is another perspective on it too, right? Exactly. I agree. So, um, so you mentioned, you know, so you, what, 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 what did he encourage you to run for that year when you were, he's telling you to be a, a leader, you know, in the, in the chapter? He left it pretty open-ended, uh, and that's what I liked about it. And at first he, didn't, he he said secretary, right? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good starting point where you learn a lot about the organization, how it runs, you keep track of all the numbers and documents. And basically you're greeting people, you know, taking attendance. So it's a really good starting point. And that's what I did. I was kind of following in his footsteps uh, as, as we progressed. So, so you ran for secretary? Correct. Yeah. I ran for secretary the year after that. And I assume you won. I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I won that one. Then I was the vice president external in my chapter. And then the year after that, I ran for the board. Okay. And and kind of just so so everyone who, you know, if they, if they're not sure how that structure works of, of being, you know, a student on the national level, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. It's honestly, uh, a bit of a shock um, coming in. I thought I was going to be like this, you know, this officer, right? Um, then I can implement things nationally. I still get to work on things, but it was it was very different, and the roles been changing. Uh, but this year, how it's it was structured is you're a national board member, so any any directives that you know ship national is taking on the board of directors, you have a vote. You know, you give your opinion and you weigh in on certain issues. Um, so ideally, it's somebody who's experienced in student chapters who knows, you know, how to grow them, what are the issues with them, and then give the student side from a national board member. But you're not really only representing students anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, your voice, you're also representing junior chapters, professionals, everybody throughout the organization. And that's the cool thing that it's super open ended, right? you don't have this specific role so it allows you to go in there and pretty much try to push any any idea that you have right it's it's not like you're limited in in that sense i gotcha 
and and just for clarity's sake, I guess could you kind of describe like what what's the role of a board with an organization in general? Yeah, so you basically set I guess the objectives of the organization, right? This is where we're heading in the next you know, 10 years, how, how do we get there? Then you get staff on the same, I guess, I, ideas, um, enforcing those changes, not to say that everything that happens in ship comes from the national board, uh, but some things that you vote on also deal with, it could be finances, budgets. Um, when it comes to operation, you know, that's, that's more lower down on the student side and staff where they, they operate with them. But ship national on the board of directors operates on any big change um so for example a big topic was actually COVID 19 uh early on we've been talking about this you know what what are we supposed to do um, mm -hmm. do we cancel a lot of these conferences um you know what what are the direction that we should take um and then we weigh our options from there okay so would you you know would you say that being part of the board and the board itself is something more uh, strategic or something more tactical? Definitely a lot more strategic because you're not really going day to day anymore. It's very much in the future. You know, how do we go from there? What do we do here to get, you know, to 20,000 members in five years, um, for example? So it's, it's very much strategic and it's a very different type of leadership that if you have the opportunity, um, to run for it, I would definitely recommend it because there are some skills that I wouldn't have ever gotten as a, a chapter student leader, for example. But it's not to say it's better. I'm just saying it's it's a much different mm -hmm. uh, type of leadership. I got gotcha. you. So kind of, you know, you're uh, for anyone listening, you know, the, the board of directors for Shep is filled with a, a lot of really great experienced people that uh, a mixture of people that have been involved with Shep for a long time and another mixture of people that are just really, um, you know, top of their class for top tier for what they're doing in the industry. So for, you know, for you as a student, what's what's that experience been by been like in uh, in interacting with them and working with them? It's been incredible, yet so scary at the same time. I remember coming up and the first meeting i just sat here thinking what am i doing here <laughs> you know when i when i got it when i got elected i was i think i was 20 years old and you know on the board i remember sitting across from you know the ceo some like the board chair miguel amani he's been retired so he's been an engineer for over 40 years uh there was the founder of ship uh, you have accountants, you have lawyers, there's such a diversity and everybody has a strong suit. Um, so it was definitely very intimidating at first, yet uh, thrilling, where it's like, wow, uh, there's there's also a dean of university telling, coming from the academic side, then people on the financial side. Um, <clears throat> and then you're wondering, what do I bring to the table, <laughs> right? And then you learn to focus on your strengths from there. And I said, okay, out of here, this position was created because they want somebody to represent, you know, have, have the, the idea of the organization through the lens of a student. And that really helps when you're making decisions of an organization that's primarily students. Mm -hmm. um, so at first it's a lot of probably finding your place, what changes you actually can and want to implement and focus on that. Um, but 
I would say it's also very easy to let the year go by and run, you know, uh, because there's nobody like overseeing you anymore. You know, if, if you're in a chapter, your president can be like, hey, did you did you get this done? Did you email that person? But now it's like nobody's nobody's checking in on you, you know, so yeah, everything you're doing is up to you. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more. You have to keep yourself accountable and the board amongst themselves also has to have that level of accountability to the organization as a whole, which um, I think they've definitely demonstrated. But so, so you know, you're, you're it's definitely, you said, more strategic than it is tactical, which probably there's more tactical stuff involved with a chapter and being in a chapter and everything like that. Correct. So, so how did, you know, how did you, the stuff that you did do in the chapter help prepare you for, for your role that you have now? It helped me prepare pretty much by knowing how chapters run, right? Um, just from the networking aspect. Um, one thing that I that has helped me quite a bit is understanding the fact that your experience is extremely limited, right? So what even if you're an incredible chapter leader, everything you did in your chapter might not work in a different one. <laughs> you know, the, the, every chapter runs differently. Every region operates differently. So your idea might not work somewhere else. Um, so it helped me in the networking aspect everywhere. So I had talked to hundreds of chapter leaders, several chapters, um, and actually seeing firsthand other regions, how they operate, it really helped me understand how to implement something universal. Um, but seeing, I guess, tactical stuff, I'm actually going through a board, seeing conflict resolution, seeing actually what is it what does a great chapter leader look like um it it pretty much helps you understand what issues need to be addressed and where i guess support needs to be led mm -hmm. yeah and I, I can see that definitely i think it's it, it's one of those things i think even in like a traditional company setting you know corporate america and things like that um that unless you you know how you know the nuts and bolts of things it's a lot harder for you to make these strategic decisions because you can think hey this is a great idea but if you have no idea how that's actually gonna go down then what are you you know it's pretty unrealistic for you to ask somebody else to do it right mm -hmm. yeah but so you know so for 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 you for taking this jump to kind of be on the on the board was there was there someone that encouraged you in particular or what, what was your kind of why behind wanting to do this actually nobody had suggested it 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 was sort of me being the the vp of my chapter and i said okay <clears throat> you know next year i could pursue a presidency i could pursue maybe the rsr role and then i was thinking you know what else is out there and i remembered i had gone to this workshop called future leaders of ship at the national convention and it was organized by the current board members who are students and I remember thinking and, and then them talking about all these all these types of leadership that I had no idea. I was like, what are these guys talking about? You know, now it makes sense from being in the role. And probably somebody, a student listening, is like, what is Miguel? What is he what is he talking about? <clears throat> and I, I was very curious about it. So I decided to message the the, the person who had my position the year before 
messaged on through Facebook and then he was, you know, very responsive and we hopped on a call and I asked him, hey man, what do you do again? <laughs> and then he went through his role and he he really upsold it and every, everything that, you know, he was doing, I was really impressed with and I was like, whoa, so you're saying that I, if I implement something, I could affect the whole, the whole nation, you know, hundreds of chapters and he was like, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and it was sort of this go big or go home thing um, where I said, okay, I have a lot of experience in my chapter. I don't want to have this sort of, I guess, feeling of regret if I didn't want to pursue something. Um, so I just put all my chips on the board and yeah, it, I, I feel like it paid off in terms of, you know, the, the changes that I've wanted to make. Uh, that's good. And I think, yeah, especially because you had had some kind of leadership experience at that point within your chapter, you're, I think you're really able to make a decision on like, okay, like you said, yeah, I think the, the obvious thing a lot of people m- might have done would be like, okay, well, I'm some kind of vice president of a president role. It might be the next logical step, right? Like that, in general, that's just, that's kind of how it works, especially because you, you still had some time to graduate, right? But that's really cool that you were kind of looking, you know, past that. And um, I think the big thing that you mentioned there is it's kind of level of impact, right? It, it wasn't just about, hey, I want to help the, the chef ASU chapter. It's, hey, how can I help the organization as a whole and make an impact there? And uh, I think, you know, anytime if anyone's thinking about, hey, you know, like leadership and what, you know, what you should be thinking, all that stuff, it's, you know, you're, you're not going to get to a role like Miguel has right now, like from like day one to two, you know, obviously there was a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity to, to get better. But I think just overall having that mentality of, hey, I want things to get better and I want to make an impact. Um, that's what really matters at the end of it. No, absolutely. And pretty much the main drive uh, behind it was changing something in my chapter that also helped the chapters around me too. So for ASU for a really long time, we've been this very standalone chapter where we weren't really active in the region. We weren't talking to the the regional team or even the chapters around us. It was just, you know, we're a great organization and we don't need anybody. That was the whole mentality behind it. And then when we started collaborating with other chapters, we saw other people growing and learning and we started, you know, sending documents across and other chapters being so much stronger. And obviously it was because of their leadership. It's not like we take credit, but it also helped them in a way. And I said, hmm, you know, how many chapters out there are like these standalone, standalone chapters who don't want to, I guess, collaborate because they have nothing to gain. And I, I kind of wanted to change that culture of, no, you should lift as you climb, right? You don't want to just help your chapter, but what you guys have, maybe you won't gain as much, but you will help other people, right? Grow their chapters and become a lot more successful. And that was basically the main driving force and the changes that I wanted to implement. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good point too, because I, I've definitely met plenty of chapter leaders uh, in any organization, really. And they're... Their, their, uh, their ceiling of, of success is what they've seen and what they think is realistic based on just what is in front of them. But having kind of that vision to be like, well, I know this is how we've done it for a long time, but maybe there's another way or maybe there's other things we can be doing. Um, you know, that's 
you know, fundamental to leadership, fundamental trying to think past where you're at right now or what you can see. And, um, you know, it's, it's good that you were able to kind of identify that and uh, definitely make uh, an impact for, for other chapters around, around uh, the, uh, not just the region, but the country, really. Yeah. And probably the, the, the best thing that I guess for me personally is just meeting so many people. I've met incredible individuals um, being on the national board, just, you know, meeting lifetimers and, uh, you know, amazing professionals as well. Um, I think that has really paid off as well. No, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's always awesome. I think uh, with any organization that has like a history, you know, like Shep, it, it, part of it too is just like connecting with it because you're, you're not just part of who's part of Shep today. You're part of Shep for, you know, a, uh, a long a, a long history with a lot of people that have gone through its uh, through its doors so to speak right absolutely I mean it, we're probably almost 50 years old I remember one time I was tabling you know at my university and I had this this one woman come up right she was probably a sophomore I can't remember but she asked us like hey like this is ship right and I was like yeah yeah we're ship like have you heard of us and she said yeah my father was in ship he told me to join and to me i was like what that is that is so crazy you know think of how that old the organization is now your people are telling their kids who grew up and pursued engineering to join the organization no yeah yeah it's like i i always think that's that's always kind of cool like uh it's like i i have an older brother and like he was part of ship in college too and then i was and it's one of those things now we're both involved as professionals too and I'm <laughs> uh, pretty actively engaged as professionals, so it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, like this, this will probably, you know, it's like this, this effect of like you, you're starting to meet more people like that, which is pretty cool, you know, not just, hey, I'm first generation, you know, which is great, you know, people that get involved like that, but you know, this is kind of the the snowball effect, if you will, right? Yeah. Wait, who's your brother? Is he is he active? Yeah, yeah, Peter. You know, Peter. You met Peter. I've. Peter Reyes. Definitely heard of this person. Last, same yeah. last name. Should probably give it away. Same last name. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not like it's a very unique name that. that <laughs> uh, kinda, kind. Not not super unique, but it's not like, uh, like Gonzalez or something like that that you you meet a lot of them or something like that. Good point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you, I'm I'm positive you met him. I'm, he was a he was a, one of the other people doing Nilo with me. Hmm. Yeah. You know, if if I saw a picture of him, I'm, I guarantee you, I will be like, "Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I know." Peter. So, so, like, imagine how I look, but older and not as attractive. That's 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 how I always describe it to everybody. It's you. You sound a little biased. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think this is an unbiased opinion. This is an unbiased opinion. There you go. No, but I definitely heard the name at the very least. I, I right now I can't put the name to the face. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, so so no, but that's that's really cool, and that's an awesome experience. So it's like obviously, you know, you you've gone through a, you know quite a bit of of experiences, you know, in your your time at Shep. Uh, but like you know, it's like it's like anything. Nothing's nothing's gonna be perfect. Not not every decision is the right decision. So uh, why don't you, why don't you talk to us, talk to us a little bit about a mistake that you've made through your uh, your leadership experience, really? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Tell us how you messed up, Miguel. <laughs> a mistake that I've made in my journey here. If it um, helps, I can, I can share something first, if it helps. Oh, please, yeah. Yeah. So um, 
this is uh, I, this uh, this wasn't specifically part of Shep. It was another organization when I was in community college, uh, and like I was kind of the, the the chapter president and stuff like that. And uh, I was you know super excited and I was very motivated and I was like I think we were gonna have like it was a fundraiser. I remember it was a fundraiser specifically, and I was like uh, I was frustrated because I had. Uh, I had had a lot of problems getting people to sign up for a fundraiser. You know, who would have thought? Uh, and uh, I like there was I there was only like maybe like three people that were going to sign up for the shift that I was there for. And uh, I'm like doing stuff and things like that and getting things ready and all this stuff. And somebody comes up and like uh, they like say they like come up to me and like I don't even let them speak. I'm like, oh, hey, like, you know, this is what we're, we're selling or whatever. You know what it was. I was like some food or this is food this is how much it is like blah 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 like you know this person will be able to help you and then like I went back to like doing stuff right uh and like I like kind of noticed it at that time but as like the per- when the person like the person didn't talk to somebody else they just like walked away and they looked really upset and I was like okay that's weird like I don't think I said anything wrong but like I didn't really think about it and then later on like I mentioned it to the person that was with me and they were like oh no like that person was like a member and like they were here to volunteer <laughs> and they got really upset that like you basically didn't know them because you know you're the president mm-hmm. and they've been to every meeting that we've had like it was, I'm fair, <laughs> it was only like two meetings it was only two meetings like that semester and stuff like that but you know it was it was one of those things that i'm like it was the most embarrassed i think i've ever felt at that point because it was i was like yeah that's a hundred percent like that person was like right you know like Sure, maybe, you know, you could say they should have said something or whatever, but like, hey, holding myself accountable for being the president, literally the yeah. person who, who like is the face of this organization and the face of, and, and the person that, you know, represents it and me not knowing somebody there and me not paying attention enough to know that this person's here to actually help me, you know? Okay, yeah. So I definitely learned something, which was make sure I know who my members are, make, mm-hmm. sure, make sure you know who people are, make, you know, make, making sure I don't just assume stuff. There was a lot of lessons in there because there's like looking back at it, this is like, oh gosh, like yeah, I was probably eighteen some at that point, eighteen years old, you know things like that. Yeah, it was it was a while back. It was a while back. So I I never forget that. I never forget that because this is one of my first big mistakes for sure. Okay, all right, that that, that gives me some ideas. Um, one big mistake I think is probably when i had a few mentees and i still do um whenever they ask me questions i would always give like very direct answers it's like oh this is you know this is a solution directly and it got to a point where a few of these mentees that i had constantly looked to me and asked me hey what do i do and then i remembered i was like oh no like I've gotten to a point where I've only been giving you answers. I haven't been giving you mentorship, right? I've been in a way not telling you what to do, but I haven't been helping you think thoroughly and and kind of be able to make decisions on your own. Um, so I only learned that after reading a few books and and watching a few videos that you shouldn't be doing that. You should be speaking a lot less than your mentee letting them kind of give you all the information and you helping them get the answer themselves um but but yeah early on when i was like what 19 um it was very like oh well if they ask me something and i the answer then i'm just gonna tell them directly oh you can do this 
Um, but now, if if you ask me for advice, it's going to be a very open-ended. I'm kind of going to tailor it to you specifically and um, kind of try to get you to find the answer, not me telling you what to do. If that makes sense. I was I used to be very direct. Yeah, no, I, I get you. It's because it, it kind of does build a sort of uh dependency of like well like i don't have to figure it out i can just go to miguel and miguel's gonna tell me what to do and like that you're not really learning something you're just letting somebody else make your decisions exactly and and that was what i really wanted to avoid um and at one at one point i actually started cutting people loose i was like all right no no no, you don't ask me for advice regarding this like you you seem to have it down you don't need to have me check it all constantly you you should you know be confident in yourself, right? To like write an email or something. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to check it anymore. <laughs> you know, you, you should yeah. be you should be good to go. No, yeah, I think, and, and that's I think that's part of it. Where it's, I, I've definitely learned with a bunch of different mentors is like your relationship with mentors definitely evolves over time. Even if you know this person, somebody you go with career advice, like your career is gonna change you know that's just how how it works right and what you talk to about that person and what you want to get from them is gonna change with it too oh no absolutely and <laughs> it, these are these are pretty funny to to remember and think back to Yeah, so so because uh, that was that was a pretty quick answer. Let's let's talk about another mistake, Miguel. Let's go around. <laughs> what else have you done? Because I, I honestly, I, I, it's like I, I I specifically wanted to talk with with you about this. I haven't had this question with other guests, just so you know. Okay. Um, then because another. it's like I, because I, I think it's it's one of those things where you're 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 in a unique position where you've had a lot of leadership, so you've had a lot of like experiences in different roles, dealing with different kinds of people and different situations and. I think that stuff's super valuable. And that's that's the biggest takeaway from, I think, leadership in college, especially. You get all these opportunities to kind of try things out with really, you know, low risk relatively. Like, you're not going to get fired. <laughs> you're not going to, you know, get kicked out of something. You know, it's like, oh, you know, people make mistakes and that's that's part of it, you know? Oh, absolutely. No, and honestly, there, there's a tons of mistakes that I've made. It was just, I guess, if you're speaking leadership-wise, ooh, another one is actually... My first board meeting on the InBod, I didn't say a word for hours. I was just like listening back and forth. I was like, these people are much more experienced. You know, what I'm about to say is going to sound stupid. So I'm just going to stay quiet. And I remember one board member <laughs> talked to me after. He's like, what, do you have a sore throat? <laughs> and uh, after that, I started uh, trying to be a lot more collaborative and started preparing a lot more before the meetings reading everything ahead of time and you know drafting up ideas and questions but the first one yeah dead silent um when i was younger i was also a lot less uh, politically correct if that uh you know gives you an idea and i remember in in my in my eboard right I, i used to treat them like family it was like completely you know very close friends of mine and i would always you know make jokes and say all these things and sometimes i would take it a little too far and then 
uh, people would get, you know, upset, you know, and it was just more, more personal. And then I kind of understood like, oh, okay. You know, I was having the same relationship with you as if I would have my, like my siblings. Right. Um, and then I kind of learned to like pace back, but that was more like, you know, conversational, uh, in terms of that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's kind of a tricky thing. I think what you, you know, you're part of something, you know, like a Shep where, Hey, yeah, you're friends with everybody. You know, you're a lot of people at the very least, or, you know, everybody. And it's like, all of a sudden you get kind of put in this leadership role where it's like, Oh, now you have responsibilities and you have to hold other people accountable and you have to be accountable, but like, you're still friends with them. So like, <laughs> how do you balance that and stuff like that? And it's, uh, it, it, it it's an important thing for sure. Uh, just cause you don't really know how to do that at first like there's not like a book that's gonna tell you like hey these are the 10 things you do say these are the 10 things you don't say like you kind of got to figure that all, all, all along along the way and it's gonna be different with everybody you know exactly and it's it's so confusing especially in ship in my opinion because it's like we say familia but we also have like professional in our name so it's like when we're working you know, are we professional? Are we are we familiar? Are we friends? You know, uh, where do you, where do you find the line? And that was kind of tough to find at first. Oh yeah, for sure. No, and it's and I think too, it's part part of it too is just in general like maturity. You know, like you you figure out where everyone's boundaries are and where professionalism is and all that stuff. Like it's it's a very hard task to ask. You know, some 18, 19, 20 year old. Nothing. That, you know, there's plenty of people that are very mature early on, but it's part of growth. Like some people start off at different points and that's, that's just part of it. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, learning from it. You know, obviously you want to, you want to don't want to stay at that level because, you know, I think I've ever interacted in with people in different situations and professional settings where it's like, Oh, you definitely shouldn't be doing that. I don't know the nicest way to tell you. So we can, you can stop doing that because it's obvious, you know, whatever the situation might be yeah do you have a specific one <laughs> uh not that i'd like to share right now but <laughs> i did want i did want to uh jump back on one point that you kind of had so so you mentioned that you had like mentees and stuff like that so what kind of motivated you to to do that to have people that you wanted to mentor it was more along the lines of if you would have known me before i joined ship and then you saw me now you probably wouldn't recognize me at all i didn't have any any goals any aspirations you know i was this very weird you know uh, confusing kid right i, I don't even know what i wanted to do i just knew i like computers uh, that was about it um but once i got in ship it was like you know culture shock people believed in me and i was like well, why i don't believe in myself that much i'm just kind of like figuring out you know where i should be going um but weirdly enough there was just this very strong culture of everybody is supporting you everybody is so kind and then i remember they took me they paid for my way to go to rldc and it's that's a regional development leadership conference and um i met you at one but they, they paid for me and I was, I was a freshman, right? And I was like, why would you invest money in me? Um, and it's really propelled me to, I guess, give back because I owe, I guess, the people in ship pretty much everything. I, I wouldn't, probably would not be anywhere near to where I am or even content in the things um, that I've either accomplished or done. It's, it's 100% because of everybody else. So 
um, with that, I, I feel compelled to do that for other people. Um, so the mentees come up from different areas, whether it's like if somebody takes the position I had the, the year after me, then I will, you know, help them in any way I can if they ask questions. Um, but one important distinction, um, I start taking it a lot more seriously when that person takes it seriously. So it actually happened a few times where I would just, you know, be giving advice here and there. But I remember the first time one of my mentees actually put a name on it, everything changed. Um, I was actually, uh, you know, walking across campus and I saw one of my mentees giving this, I, I guess, a tour to high school students at the university. And then I just, I was laughing, right? I had a little bit of time to kill. So I just got in the crowd <laughs> and I was just, you know, itching my way to the, to the, to the beginning of the line. And then she's like, what the hell, Miguel? What are you doing? And then she announced everybody. Sorry, everybody. That's my mentor. And like, I remember I was stunned for a little bit. I was like, oh, I'm her mentor. And, and kind of when, when that name is slapped on it, then I start taking it a lot more seriously. I start researching things on how to actually be a better mentor. So that's actually a piece of advice. If you want somebody to mentor you, ask them instead of having this like awkward thing where you sometimes ask for advice and and then it just fades out right um so yeah i i want to have mentees because my mentor was so helpful for me no and i think that's that's a really good point yeah because it, it and, and uh, there is some kind of vagueness it's like okay when are you just asking somebody for help and when are they your mentor you know you some you kind of like you say you kind of got to commit to it too as as the person seeking somebody's help like um and, and i'm sure there's there's definitely some getting to know each other period for sure at first where you're like well like let's see if i like you know vibe with this person and to a certain extent right just like fundamentally like, if i don't get along with this person that's probably not a good mentorship relationship and it's like, even with me, I've been in the situation where, you know, like I'd be looking for a mentor and there'd be like a program or something like that. And then I get, you know, the person isn't really up for mentoring somebody or isn't, you know, like there's those situations, unfortunately, but you know, it happens. Right. Um, but did you ever feel that you were, you know, you were too young maybe to mentor other people? Honestly, not really. Um, especially because the people I mentor are younger than me. So, you know, I didn't feel that, that odd thing. Um, and I also saw this as, you know, I could also grow from this, right? So when I'm mentoring somebody, I'm always very aware of, you know, what I said, you know, is there a way I could have said this a lot better? And it, if it helps, you know, I'll do it. Uh, when I was a freshman, we would, we would do outreach events and go to high schools. Like this wasn't totally new to me the the name and the consistent advice right how a mentor helps a mentee was the the different aspects right so if i go to a high school um it's like a day you know i talk to you i give you advice but when it's a mentor then now it's constant right um that purchase person reaches out to me mm -hmm. daily not daily um every other day maybe kind of uh, checks in all this stuff and then there's like this two-way street where I'm, I'm growing as well and that person's growing but no I never I never felt I mean if I'm mentoring somebody older than me maybe that would kind of make it a little weird and make it difficult for me I gotcha no and I, and I think you're right I think 
I, the reason I asked the question is more because I think some people may feel like, well, like I'm not at a point where I can help somebody else, but like really you are. Like I said, you're always, there's always going to be somebody who's like a little bit behind you just because of where they are in life. And obviously I think you took the advantage of, Hey, you're a little bit ahead of somebody. Let me help that person. Right. Exactly. And for me, it's, you know, you're bound to be good at something. Right. So my mentorship in a lot of areas came from like ship leadership. Right. So if, so when I was a secretary, I would mentor the next secretary or when I was a VP, I would try to mentor the next VP. Um, so that made it a lot easier because I had a skill set that I was, I guess, fluent in. Right. And, and that helped me. It wasn't age at all. It was I served in this role. I can help you throughout yours. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And I think I think that's always interesting on, on boards. It, it, it's it makes a difference if that person who was in that role is still there, I think, from like a development role. And I, I guess before I get to the, the, the positive of it, uh, it definitely takes a balance. You don't want to be the person also who's micromanaging the person that's now in your role either. Right. You don't want to be like, well, I didn't do it this way. So you should, you know, you don't want to be that person. But in, in positive situations, for sure, you're. You know, it gives you, you know, it gives you a chance to develop somebody and help someone not make the same mistakes you did. You know, it's that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. And like like I was mentioning before, it, it's it was hard for me to know when to not be direct and just try to have the other person figure it out. Um, and that kind of tap dance was was the hard part too. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And and it's like anything you. I'm sure that balance varies with people too. You know, not just you, but the other person receiving that that feedback to make sure that they're getting enough, but not too much. You know, makes sense. Yeah. But no, that, that's that's really cool, and I'm glad that you you know you had that opportunity to you've, you're having that opportunity because it's still going on. Um, but you know, kind of kind of last last kind of thing here with with uh, with your information about Shep. At least you know you've. You know, been involved with it since you're, you know, 18 years old, right? Uh, been, you know, went up through your organization. You now, uh, you know, you've been a board member, and your your term is about to end for for this year. Um, so, you know, what what do you see yourself kind of doing next with Shep in the future? So, in the future, um, I've been, I guess, decided to take a few grad classes and a few other, I guess. What do you call it? Some extracurriculars that really I'm really interested in. So I'll be doing those throughout my undergrad. So I'm going to have another year. I'm looking at going for RSR. So that's a regional role um, the upcoming year. But I'm a lifetime member. You know, I'm going to be here (laughs) for life. So I don't have this end date in mind. Um, After that, I'm looking to be an active professional as well. And uh, maybe one day, you know, work my way up back to the Ambod. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's, uh, you know, like, like you said, you're, you're a lifetime member, literally, for those that listening. It's, he, he has the pin and everything. Uh, so, you know, he's, uh, so that that's definitely, you know, great that you, you've made that commitment. Uh, and additionally, you know, I think, you know, that's that's cool that you're kind of looking to be involved in, in a different way than, than what you're doing right now. And uh, that you're also looking to do other things, you know, aside from uh, from Shep. I think it's good to be balanced with whatever you're doing, regardless if it's work, school, anything like that. But that's awesome. So, you know, we, we, we've talked a whole a whole lot about Shep, but I think it's a big part of, um, you know, what you've learned and what you've gotten. But 
why, why don't you tell us a little bit more about any kind of like uh, pre-professional experiences that you've had, internships or anything like that? Yeah. So last summer I interned with American Express. So I was a software engineer here in Phoenix and I primarily worked with APIs and databases kind of on the, the transaction systems. Every time you would, you know, swipe your card, um, we would, I'd be working on that backup system with Amex. And it was really fun to actually work on something that was going to be utilized and in production during the time that I was there. Um, so that was the first time, I guess, I got rid of this, like, you know, imposter syndrome because being in CS, you meet these very technically strong, gifted students. And I was like, man, I don't, you know, I am not one of those. Um, but definitely working in a company that will pay you to work there, it kind of dissolved and at learning from other engineers. I was like, okay, you know, I totally belong here. Um, and then this upcoming summer, I'll be at Accenture. So I'll also be uh, same a software engineer, but it's under technical analyst. Uh, I was expected to go to Houston, although with the given circumstances, I'll be virtually. So I'm staying in, in Phoenix. <laughs> um, Just going to stay in, in the, the very, very hot climate of Phoenix. I know it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least it's cheap, you know, it'd be, yeah, you know that, that, that is true. That is very New true. York where it's, you know, really expensive and you don't even get to go outside. So you're just paying high rent. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. That's right. No, that, that's really cool. So, uh, so with American Express, that was, that was kind of your first, uh, internship. Correct. Yeah. First internship. Okay. How did, how did you get that internship? I got it actually at the career fair at ASU. Um, kind of went in just from so many trial and errors and things I'd learned at previous career fairs. I just applied those at this one. They just saw a job on my resume, like, ooh, your job, okay, what are you interested in? And then I, you know, I researched the company. I was like, oh, I want to work on web development. And they're like, perfect, okay, uh, let's give you an interview. Um, and it was like this one hour long interview, behavioral, half an hour, technical, half an hour. And I can't remember how long after that they reached out and gave me an offer. So I think it was about September where they reached out and extended the offer. And it's funny, one of my friends actually has the, the video of when I got the offer. Uh, just, I don't know why she was recording me, but I picked up my phone and it was my recruiter. And he says, hey, you know, we'd love to give you an offer. And I was just, I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. I was just like, kind of like oh wow th thank you so much and it was just this very very awkward thing but the, hopefully i can i should ask her for that video um but yeah i was i was you know grasping for words there yeah no uh, definitely a really a really good opportunity and uh, i always think for me what's that first internship's the hardest one for sure just because you're you're trying to get somebody to convince you you're trying to convince somebody it's like hey i'm able to do this i can come in i can come learn it because especially as an intern no no company's really going to have this expectation that you're going to know everything or you're going to be super proficient in all this stuff and everyone does all things a little bit differently too so they got to teach you their way of doing something right yeah and surprising like you know, this is second nature to to people after their internships and professionals now. But I don't know when it, your freshman and sophomore is just so difficult at first. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I think it's an intimidation thing. It's like, well, there, up until that point, you really hadn't been in a situation of like trying to sell yourself and your skills and 
all that stuff because you know you're you were just in school and that was it and your grades were the thing that you were measured by and that's it you know oh yeah um and especially as like technical people it you know uh some schools do things where they help you out with that but a lot of times in normal classes you're not going to get hey how to pitch yourself to a recruiter at a career fair meet you know class you know exactly no exactly but it was it was only because i i had been to so many career fairs and failed so many times that I just compiled all those and I was like, all right, I'll, I just got to fix these and do better next time. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think part of it for sure is going to be trial and error and part of it's just getting the nerves out and all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, that's awesome though that you, you know, you, you learn from it and, you know, obviously we're able to get that first experience. So what kind of led you to uh, now be, be doing this, the second internship upcoming here with Accenture? It was more along the lines of the work culture and the company sounded really fun as well. Uh, I'd heard about consulting because, <clears throat> you know, I, I loved American Express, the company, the people. It was amazing. It was just the, you know, the the fact of not having this, you know, this networking opportunity, right? Most of the time I was behind, in, you know, my laptop coding and, you know, 40 hours a week, doing that it was it was amazing to learn so many things but i also wanted to dive into a little bit of soft skills like i wanted to present i wanted to do other things along uh, with being technical as well and accenture was really what offered that you know i could still be technical i could still learn about all these technologies and code but now i could also be working with clients i could present i could you know I guess delving in public speaking, which is something that I, I really love doing. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think that's cool. And yeah, it's, it, it definitely seems like it's a uh, a an experience that'll add some diversity to your background, which is always good. You know, especially uh, when you're in your undergrad in college or you know, you're, you're, you're limited to the things you can try out, you know, just because you only have a set number of internships, right? But making the most out of them. And I think doing very different things is always like recommended. Like I always talk to students and, you know, this is usually more just out, on, outside of the career fair setting, but they're like, well, I interned with this company. Um, and now I don't know if I should stay with them for another summer or go somewhere else. And like 99% of the time I tell them, yeah, you should go somewhere else. Like regardless of what the company is, it's nothing against the organization personally, but uh, you know, even where I work and where uh, with what the little bit I help with recruiting, you know, we value people that have different kinds of experiences because it helps them figure out what they like and what they don't like. If you do, if you do, I've, I've met people who've done three internships, all with the same company, all with the same department. And yeah, they, they, they definitely probably dived a little bit deeper into more of the technical skills of it, which is good. There's some value in it, but um, I think kind of that depth, if you will, you're going to get when you're full time. You know, that's just how it works. Right. Um, but your internships, it kind of gives you the chance to try out culture a little bit differently. And, uh, you know, you mentioned work environment. Do you like being behind a desk or do you want to talk in front of people or do you want to do uh, more client-based work where, you know, you're billable hours or do you want to have, you know, one very long-term project with this particular customer, you know, whatever the case might be. Right. Um, so doing all that stuff definitely, I think has a lot of value and that's, that's great that you're kind of getting that opportunity to just try something different. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I just think when, when you intern, it, it builds so much, I guess, this comfort when you get that return offer, 
a lot of people that that accept that you know second internship at the same company it's because like oh, i don't have to worry about the career fair i can just focus on my school and it's kind of like this convenience thing oh yeah for sure i think it's and and, and again i i definitely i i don't trash on anyone's decision to do that i think everyone's got their reason for it it's just if you're able to do something else for and the the rest of the circumstances work work out then yeah that's what what i what i recommend it's like i've definitely i've also you know like i said 99 percent of the time i recommend it but there's definitely exceptions to the rules i had somebody who was like yeah i'd want to do something else but you know i have to kind of stay home to like you know help out with my siblings or with my parents or whatever the case may be and it's like well you know based on what they told me it seemed like well, it seems like if you're going to be far away, you're not going to be able to be comfortable where you're at because you're going to be worried about all these other situations. And in that case, at least, definitely, you know, returning to that same place where you could do the, have that access. It's it was it was a good option for them. But like you said, it was like you were saying, it wasn't me saying, hey, you should do this exactly thing. But like, hey, like, talk about it. Let's see where we're at. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah. And I would actually uh, agree with you 100 percent. Like if you have the opportunity go somewhere different like test the waters like why not it doesn't doesn't seem that bad of a thing and even if you want to go back to the company you already have an internship of experience and you have two internships under your belt like Mm -hmm. you'll be a very good candidate and they'll probably take open arms yeah for sure um so uh so you're gonna be with the center this upcoming summer uh virtually virtually um Uh, and from there you're, you know, you, you're, so you're set to graduate, um, I guess May of next year. Correct. Yes. And I guess, you know, you're a year out, uh, you know, what, what do you kind of think? Are you thinking about going to work or getting a master's or what are you thinking? Upon graduation, definitely in the workforce. Uh, I say that now anything can change. Um, but I'm definitely trying to get my master's and I'm looking into artificial intelligence. Um, that's an area that I find extremely interesting and it's something that I would really love to work in. So hopefully it's summer I'm put on a project that has, you know, something aligned with, with what I'm looking to do. No, that's, that's awesome. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's cool. I've, I, I wish I could I could get into all the CS stuff. I wish I could have. It wasn't my thing. It wasn't my thing. <laughs> but uh, magic, dark magic, really, really. For being honest, it's it's the magic. I'm just saying. It's it's creepy. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Like uh, you're basically a wizard, basically. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the that's really cool. You know, you, you have this technical side of it, and then you know we talked about obviously all the stuff you're doing with Shep. So um, you've definitely developed a lot of soft skills associated with that. Do you think that's helped you out when it came to, you know, your internship and then now knowing what you want to do next with this up- upcoming internship? Oh yeah. So much, especially with Accenture. that that's a company where you really need to brush up on, on your soft skills. A lot of it's, you're going to be dealing with clients. You need to be, you know, not only know what you're talking about, but to be able to communicate it well. Um, so that's definitely helped me so much and it gives it gives you a really strong upper hand if you're in a technical role and you can communicate yourself effectively um just seeing like people in like cs classes you get those really awkward kids and i'm like whew you might be some you might be able to code better than me but you're weird (laughs) um no but definitely especially at a company like accenture but that'll that'll help you every anywhere you go Oh, yeah, no, and it's I think it's definitely one of those things where everyone's going to have their fit where with what they want. Like, 
yeah, like there, there, there's people that I, I work with that support projects that I do, I support projects that I do where they're behind a desk and they're doing design work, they're doing coding, whatever the case may be. And like, that's their thing. And they're, they're really good at it. And that's great that they, they know what they like to do. But, um, you know, if you want to do something else, that's, you know, like you said, a little more interactive, a little more uh, sociable and all that stuff. There's definitely opportunities like that uh, all around. And I think, I think something that, that I've definitely learned that, I think where I was sitting in your shoes that I didn't realize is like, hey, like, yeah, there's, I think a lot of positions that people hear about going into entry level of like, hey, these are your options. And yeah, like, that's true to a certain extent, but there's just so much stuff out there that like, you don't even know it's a job, you know, like, it's one of those things where until you really put yourself out there and figure out what you like and what you don't like, you kind of start piecing together these little bits of uh, of hey, what's the, the you know the quote unquote dream job or the green, dream position or where what, where do you want to be at you know roughly? So I always tell people it's like hey you know I know you think you want to do this but open mindedness at the end of the day the more open minded you are the uh, the more opportunities you can have to just learn about yourself. Absolutely. Do you have a dream job by chance? Do you have something that's like so crazy, you know, out of this world? Man, hey, it's my job to ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't really have something like, Hey, I want to be X kind of position. I think I definitely have, um, with my, you know, with my role, it's like, you know, with my program I'm in like a leadership development role and everything like that. So, uh, the, uh, the big thing is, you know, the, the L that we talk about the leadership part of it, um, where it's like, I definitely see how much leadership affects everybody. And I think I definitely got to scale at that to some extent being part of student organizations and even the stuff I've done with Shep now as a professional and uh, working, you know, with students and everything like that. Like I get, I got it, but I think now, you know, corporations and corporate America, it's a whole nother thing and it's a whole nother scale. And, you know, Caterpillar has been around for, you know, where I work at for 95 years. Like that's, that's a long time. That's a long time. And uh, they have a huge global impact all over, all over the world. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, I'm starting to, I feel very little bit, little by little connecting certain dots of like, okay, well, this person in this role made this decision and that had this effect. I think that intended effect was this, but here are some other things maybe, you know, I didn't, I don't know if that person thought about it or if we we're okay with, cause you never know really at this level that I'm at. Um, so it's like, it's like you were saying, it's like, you know, the nuts and bolts of running a chapter helped you with, you know, your stuff on the shut board. I think it's it's pretty similar. It's like, hey, I'm I'm kind of getting my nuts and bolts here. Of like, okay, I get how operations works. I'm starting to get a little bit little picture of things here or there, and um, you know, hopefully that leads to you know some kind of strategic role down the line where whenever I, um, you know, I'm ready and I and it's open. You know, so much of it's timing. That's that's such a big thing I've I've realized really early on in my career. Oh, that's awesome. But thanks thanks for asking me a question. No one ever asked asked me something. Again. I wonder why. Uh, but no, that, that, no, thank, thank you for sharing all that. So kind of the, the last little section uh, that we have here to go over is um, I always I always think about it. It's like, hey, you know, perspective. And we've talked about a lot of leadership stuff already. So I think that's all really good. But kind, kind of focusing on a couple questions specifically to, to kind of pick your brain. So anyone listening can kind of get a better idea of, you know, what really makes you tick. Um, so I think, um, you know, a big thing for you is. You know, you've clearly made, you know, I think with Shep specifically, it's obvious this progression on starting off as a member to going to where you're at now. And 
Um, I know you talked about it specifically with Shep, but in more of a general sense for you, you know, what are, what are some things that kind of motivate you to, to be better every day? You know, what's your, your fundamental why of what you're trying to do? Oddly enough, it's actually my family, but not my immediate family. Uh, it's sort of a future family, if that makes sense. So I'm Hispanic and like a lot of Hispanics, you, you picture, you probably have like this idea like, oh, I want to have a family, big family. Um, I do. And it's sort of that's very motivating for me in a way, because I don't want to be this father that that says, oh, do this. But my whole life, I didn't do that. Does that make mm. sense? I want to be that person that actually walks the walk and says what you should be doing because I did it right. Or I've made this mistakes, but I fixed it because I truly believe that's the that's the way to go about it. So it's kind of a this uh, motivating thing, something that doesn't even exist yet, but it's sort of still in the back of my head uh, constantly um, just to try to be a good role model to, you know, future family of mine. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, I, I, it's interesting because I think I definitely hear, you hear people talking about like, oh yeah, like, you know, I think more older people are, it's like, oh yeah, like my kids, you know, my current day kids, but you're talking about like, hey, uh, future Miguel Jr., right? You know? Exactly. <laughs> So, but no, but it, but it makes sense. It's the same kind of idea. It's like, well, you know, you're you're, you're kind of holding yourself accountable to a certain extent to this this future person that you know is gonna you're gonna want to know that hey, this like you know, dad can do it, right? Uh, I can do this, and they did this. So, um, I think that's really cool. That's definitely a, a, a different way of looking at it. But I think it's definitely something cool. All right, so so that, that's one. That's one. You made it through that one. You made it through that one. Um, you know, I think, I think a little, another thing that was pretty cool about your story is, you know, obviously, you know, I, and, and we kind of glazed over it, but Hey, you're, you know, you're a CS student, you're involved a lot with Shep being on a board member. And even when you were a chapter officer, like it takes up a lot of time, you know, it really does. Like there's a lot of things going on and especially at the chapter level, you're, you're running the day to day, right? You know, there's, there's always some event every week or some meeting or, something you have to be taken care of or whatever the case might be right and you know sometimes those things can get uh overwhelming or stressful uh you know what do you what do you kind of do when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed how do you kind of deal with that Oof, a lot of that's really helped me uh to mitigate that in the first place is in the first place is having a strong time management aspect of it um i'll go you know how I deal with it after this, but I feel like everybody has the 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 right idea, but it's the execution part that that really needs to be done, right? So, for example, like everybody knows, you know, how to lose weight, right? You just you know calories in, calories out. You just eat less of what your body's burning, right? But you know, doing it's another whole different thing. So having a strong time management in a way, I think it's the same exact thing. Like, you know how to do it. It's just actually doing it. I just would say get, get a game plan and stick with it. You know, watch any video that you want um, and it'll help you out. Um, that's helped me with like study tips. It's helped me to actually get things done, um, have a strong calendar, all these things. Just actually apply it in your life and you'll see some drastic change changes um but actually to alleviate stress was that the question yeah you know how do you how do you kind of deal with it when you do get in those stressful situations oh i always take a break you know 
stop what I'm doing, go away for like 30 minutes. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. Go breathe, go outside. <laughs> Don't touch your phone. Usually you'll come back with a clear head. Usually you'll you'll have an idea of like, oh, okay. All right, deep breath. This is this is what I should do. Yeah. No, and, 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 and I think it sounds simple, but yeah, no, I think sometimes those really simple things can kind of just kind of center yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And especially during like right now in quarantine, um, this quote is like just it's really going to show um, like I forgot how it goes, but it's it's sort of along the lines of when people are watching, you try to, you know, look very glamorous, right? But when people are not watching, you know, that's when you should really be working um, right now in quarantine. Nobody is watching you. So I think this is sort of like a self-test, right? Like, what are you going to do when nobody's watching? When the quarantine's over, it's going to show. Yeah, no, I think that's that's true. And for sure, everyone deals, you know, is going through all this stuff a little bit differently. But yeah, I think if you're you're looking to make uh, the most out of this time, yeah, this is this is an opportunity to, you know, hey, you know, people can say, well, you know, I used to have, you know, I have this long commute every day and then I have to, you know, go into the office and do this or that. But it's like now, hey, a lot of people get the opportunity to work from home. And for those people, you know, that's really great. Uh, and a lot of other people, even if you're, you know, not working from home, if you're an essential worker, you know, definitely um, depending on your situation. But hey, now you can't really do anything aside from being home now, right? It's, there's no bars restaurants or any of that stuff to distract you you know really now oh yeah and not to say that it's easy it's so hard yeah <laughs> uh not gonna lie like even the the example like, like losing weight it's it's not easy it's it, like the idea is simple but actually executing it's it's hard <laughs> it yeah. next to impossible but you know that's the only way yeah. to do it yeah for sure i think it's one of those things too it's like yeah if it was if it was easy everyone would be doing it too <laughs> exactly but no, that's great. So kind of kind of last question we have here is something I ask everybody. Um, so what you know, what's some of the best advice that someone has ever given you? Best advice anybody's ever given me is. It doesn't need to be your fault for it to be your responsibility. And an example is like maybe you have a horrible professor and you're doing so poorly in the class maybe it's not your fault that you're doing poorly maybe this professor is horrible right but it is your responsibility to do well and pass this class right so you can advance in your life um it's not really going to do you any favors to say well this professor sucks right it's not going to help you um, so it doesn't matter if it's your fault. It just matters, you know, that that's your role. You need to get mm-hmm. that done, not anybody else. Yeah, I think that that's really great advice. And yeah, no, I think it's true for who, who, whoever you are in whatever situation you're in. Like, and then the professor thing is pretty relatable, but there's time when you're working where, hey, someone was supposed to do something and that didn't happen for whatever reason that might be, but it's your project you're the one that's going to be held accountable for this so mm-hmm. you got to figure that out exactly right then probably if you have a team you know that person's going to go to their boss and what are you going to complain about staff members like isn't it your job to get them in line and get them to to collaborate and work on this mm-hmm. 
yeah no for sure i think that's that's definitely a, a, a way of looking at it but no well that thank you uh, so much for kind of taking the time um the last thing i do want to kind of give you the opportunity is, is there anything else you'd kind of want to tell the audience mainly of you know college students uh and young professionals yeah i would say keep giving back because i'm sure you didn't get anywhere alone um so just help somebody get through something right whether it's advice whether it's doing outreach help them in any way you can it'll go a long way right for me all it took is some guy to tell me i could you know come play soccer with him and and run for the run for a e-board position on you know a student chapter yeah i think that's yeah exactly like you said exactly like you said um, so again, thank you, thank you for taking the time, Miguel. Uh, last, I guess, last, last thing, and I think I feel like I've said last thing a few times now. Um, but uh, do you want to go ahead and kind of do your uh, your shameless plug here for your little oh, yeah. YouTube channel? Yeah, uh, perfect. Go ahead. If you're if you're a chapter leader and and you have any struggles, right? Um, you ever been in a stump, right? Just YouTube me, <laughs> Miguel Quinn, my name. Uh, you'll see a few of the videos that I put out just to help some chapter leaders. Um, and there's also some some stuff other like, you know, time management stuff that I put up. But mostly if you need any help in that area, you know, go check it out. And yeah, please support. But also, probably thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> this is a great podcast. And yeah, check out more of his stuff. <laughs> Thanks, sir plugging me in your shameless plug i appreciate that no but yeah no i've, I've honestly i've checked out uh, miguel's stuff on, on his youtube channel it's definitely useful and um i think it's it's kind of cool that you because you, you also have kind of guests that come in and discuss topics and they're they're people who have a, a good amount of experience in chapter related issues and everything like that so um i think that's definitely kind of a, a cool thing and um it'll be in the show notes as well but uh thanks miguel again for for taking the time today and thanks everyone for listening Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to support the podcast, please share this with a friend. Also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you and have a good day.